journey there, I just want to start out with uh, thanking you all for just being such a, a good church family to me. And uh, I want to thank everyone uh, that had anything to do with that uh, care package that I got today. I just really want to thank you all very much for that. It's, it's, gonna, it's just a huge blessing, and I know you all uh, put time and energy and money into that, and I just want to thank you all for that. And uh, just I know the Lord will bless you all for that. And I just want to thank you for that. And also, and uh, just kind of explain a little bit what I'll be doing this summer, because I know a lot have been asking and a lot have no idea what I'm going to do. Um, I'll be going uh, to Beijing, China for around six weeks. And uh, I'll be working there and mainly teaching English, because that's basically... Uh, the way that you can witness there by building relationships through teaching English. And uh, I'll be doing that, a lot of that, plus helping in the churches there and uh, other things like that. And I'll be there for around six weeks from the middle of May to the very end of June. Um, and uh, and also, um, I know a bunch of you know my email and all that. It'd probably be best if, I know you'd want to, but not to email me while I'm there just for safety's sake because you can't really say some things and I don't want some things said that maybe will get me in trouble or something like that. So uh, so just for safety's sake, if you wouldn't email me, uh, I mean, I'd love to get emails, but I just don't want to get in trouble with the uh, Chinese government. So <laughs> it'd be much appreciated. Uh, and then... Uh, also, before I start the sermon, I just want to let you all know that I thought the offering would be over by the time I preach this message, so don't think I'm preaching it to try and get money from everybody or anything like that. Uh, the Lord put this on my heart, and uh, I just felt like I should preach it, and uh, I know he'll bless it, and I know he'll bless all of you for coming out to hear it. And uh, if you found Philippians chapter 4, and if you'd stand for the reading of God's word, and uh, starting in uh, verse 10... And reading on to verse 20. In Philippians 4, uh, verse 10, it says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but she lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned that in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory, by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> and we'll open with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your provision for us, Lord, and we thank you for just the blessings you've given to us. 
And uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, this evening you'd speak through me, Lord. I pray that you'd uh, uh, allow everyone to have open hearts and be ready to receive your word, Lord. And may we all learn something and uh, apply it to our lives today, Lord. And we'll praise you and give you glory and honor for it. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We all know the saying, it is more blessed to give than to receive. But is that saying really true? I know I can think back in my own life, uh, going from being in high school and then being in college, how money is so much different. I know in high school I had a job, I was making decent money, I had a car, all I basically had to do was pay for gas and car insurance every once in a while, and that was about it. I mean, I could go out, hang out with friends, do whatever I wanted, and money wasn't really a problem. But then I went to college, and... Then I started getting bills, and I had school bill. I had to, like, buy my own toothpaste, my own toothbrush, and all that kind of stuff. And, and then I realized that not only did I have to pay for school, but I had to pay for gas like I did before. I had to pay for everything else. And money just started getting tighter and tighter. And, uh, I mean, of course the Lord provides, but I could think back when I was in, in high school, I mean, I had, some, I had all this free money. I could give and tithe, give all this so easily. It's like, it was no problem. And then when I get in college, I just barely have enough money for my school bill or for this or that. And you start thinking, well, I guess I could skip a week on my tithe. That's okay. I mean, I really need the money. I know God will understand. And, and we all go through that kind of thing. We all think, well, I could make it just if I just went a week without giving. I mean... I know the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive, but, but I kind of can't give right now. I know it's, it's blessed, but I just can't do it right now. I can't afford it. And I could think of, like, driving around. Uh, when, I was, when I was in high school driving around, I didn't care about my gas tank. Uh, I wouldn't pay attention to it until it was, like, if it was halfway full. I was, oh, here, I'll go get some gas. I got some extra money. But now in college, just watching the little red line go all the way down. Okay, I, I can make it one more trip without, without it. Okay. And, and I always loved driving, I always loved driving downhill because cause my little gas and you'll go up like an eighth of a tank. It's like, yes, got more gas. It's awesome. And, and then I hate going uphill because it always goes down an eighth of a tank. And I just hate it. I, just, I hate going uphill, but I, I just wish all the roads were downhill because I'd have an extra eighth of a tank. But, I mean, we can think of these things. And we know money is tight and we all have bills. We all have things. And it's, sometimes it's hard to give, but regardless of that, we still know. We all know, but we don't really practice, but we know that God still provides. E- even though money's tight, even though we have bills, even though we have things we have to pay for, we still know God provides. And we know this, this saying, it is more blessed to give than to receive. But have you found the truth in that yet? In this is actually a Bible verse, and it's actually something Jesus said. So it must be true. It says, uh, it's actually in Acts twenty thirty five, And uh, it's, um, it's quoted. It's not actually in the Gospels, but it is something that Jesus said, and it's quoted here. And the verse says, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And this is a true saying. This is a saying that the Lord Jesus Christ gave to us. I mean, we don't always understand. We think, if I just kept this money, it would, I could use it so much better than if I gave it away. If I kept this or that, if I kept my time and used it for my own good, 
it, it, would, it would be more blessed than if I gave it. But have you found the truth in this verse yet? Have you found it true in your life yet? That giving is more blessed than receiving. And the key, one of the keys to understanding this is learning how to exercise faith. And we could go to Hebrews 11.6. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And we could look at this verse, and we understand that we can't please God without exercising faith. And in giving, we have to exercise faith, because, as I said before, bills are tight, money is tight. We don't always have everything that we need. But if we, ex- we must exercise faith to, tr- to please God. And giving is a step of faith. Every time we give, it's a step of faith. And we must exercise that faith to please God. Because also in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And here in this verse, it shows that living a life of unbelief is not only not pleasing to God, but it's a sin. It's an evil heart. There's a different... Sometimes people say, well... You know what? I just don't have the faith for that. It's just, I feel like my, I have a weak, weak Christian life because I just don't have, have the faith. But really, true Christianity, there's no weak Christians. In Christianity, you either are trusting in the Lord and having faith in Him, or instead of a weak Christian, you're really, there's wicked Christianity. You're living a life with an evil heart, like it says in this verse. If you're not giving and having faith and putting your faith in God to provide for you. And how could we think and say that I'm trusting Lord, that, that I'm serving him, but we don't put our faith in him to supply for our needs. I'm sure the Lord has commanded us to give, us, to give the tithe, but I'm not even going to really speak about the tithe today. Um, but we're to exercise faith, and he will provide. And the key is... I mean, if we just went back to the second part of Hebrews eleven six, it says, uh, For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And as we put our faith in him, he'll provide for us. He'll reward us for just putting a simple faith in him and what he can do for us. And tonight, just from this verse and from this passage, I want to share with you three steps to having giving, and receiving, becoming blessed for you. How you can see how giving is blessed. How giving really is blessed and not just receiving. Because we all love to receive. I know, just thinking back to Christmas, any Christmas, getting presents is always so much better than receiving. <laughs> but I mean, even as I've grown older, that's not even true all the time. I love giving gifts, but I also love receiving. And it's sometimes a lot harder to give than receive, but when you actually do give, it is much more blessed. And tonight I just want to share with you three steps to, to seeing that, to seeing how it is a blessed life to give. And the, the first step I can see is the opportunity of giving. And in verse 10, the very end, it says, but she lacked opportunity. And we can see here several things that the opportunity that we had, that we can have in giving. We need to have, uh, there's two aspects to, that we need in our lives to give, uh, to have the opportunity to give. And the first one is, 
we can have an opportunity of giving when we're rejoicing. And if you just look a couple verses before uh, the text in verse 4 of Philippians 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And we're to live a rejoicing Christian life. And when you're rejoicing in the Lord and all he's done for you, you find ways to give. Sometimes when you're rejoicing in the Lord and just thinking of all that he's done for you, you kind of think, man, how can, how can I do something? How can I help out in the church? How can I help out? How can I spend more time in my devotions? How can I do this or that? You just think of ways when you're rejoicing in the Lord and what he's done for you. Uh, I mean, he's given us salvation. He's saved us from the eternity in hell. How could you not rejoice in that? How could you not rejoice in knowing you have a home in heaven? How could you just, how could you forget that? How could you let that slip past your mind and not rejoice in it always? Like the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He's, he's given us a family. He, we all have families. We all have relatives that love us, that care for us. And how could we not rejoice in what God has given us? I mean, we can think of this church. He's given us this church family, a place to come and meet and learn of the Lord and to to serve the Lord here in this place. He's given us friends. He's given us freedom. He's given us, uh, he's allowed us to be born or live in this country. And I know many of you that have traveled abroad and myself, you kind of see and become grateful for what you have in this place, in this country, to, to be able to live in the greatest country on this earth where God has blessed above and beyond, where we have freedoms, where we can come and meet and talk about God's word, where we can go and tell others about him. How could we not rejoice in knowing that we have such freedom? How could we not rejoice and give back to the Lord for, for all the things he's done for us? In 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, Every man according as he hath purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Now here it says, and he has purposed in his heart. And this isn't talking about the tithe. The tithe is the Lord's. That's what we're supposed to give. But this is talking about offerings. It's talking about free will offerings that we give to the Lord just, just because we want to. And these are optional offerings. And here it's, it says we're not to give them grudgingly. We're not to give them, well, I guess, I mean, the pastor's been nagging us about it over and over again, so... I guess I have to give it. So here you go. Here's a little extra for the Easter offering, or here's a little extra for the Thanksgiving offering, whatever it is. We're not to give like that. And we're not to give of necessity. We're not to give, well, you know what? I mean, I guess we really need it. I guess, I mean, I could use it for something else, but I guess if I really, I'll give it, I guess. And we're not to give like that. God would rather us keep the money or keep the gift, whatever it is, then give it with the wrong spirit, the wrong heart. It says, God loveth a cheerful giver. When we give, it should be from the abundance of our heart when we're rejoicing. Say, you know what? God, you've been so good to me. You've given all this to me. Can I, I'm just going to give this back to you. Just this, it may seem little. It may seem small, but Lord, I just want to give something back to you. And, and we're to live a rejoicing Christian life. And it'll give us an opportunity to give. And also, we're to live uh, a content life. And we're to live with contentment. And uh, in Hebrews 13, 5, it says, Let your conversation 
be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. And it's true, we all live in a materialistic world. And I know we all can see it, and we all get caught up in it, that I need this, I need that, because it's the big popular thing to have. And to a certain point, there's nothing wrong with that. But when it hinders you to be able to give to the Lord when he puts something on your heart, that's, that's when it gets a little out of hand. When, when we think, I need to have this, it doesn't matter what it takes to get it, that's kind of when, when our covetousness, when that leads to sin, when that is sin. And we need to live a life that's content, content with what God has given us. I mean, having nice things is not wrong at all. And I hope we all have nice things, that we enjoy what God has given us. But we should not strive to get all the best things and strive to have things better than the neighbors have or better than whatever it is. But we should just be content in whatever it is. I mean, content in the good times. When the Lord is blessing, don't be so driven to have more and more that even when you're in the good times that you say, I need to have more, I need to have more, I need to have this, I need to have that. Don't have that kind of attitude. And it's so easy to get it when, when you're being blessed. That you say, well, I just, man, I mean, I'm being blessed, but I just want that little bit more. I just want that little extra. But we can't have that kind of attitude in our lives. And even in the bad times, when, when we feel like we don't have enough to make it for the next day, when we don't have enough, we can't get covetous and think, you know what? I need to have that. It, I mean, I'm not going to give. I'm not going to do this because I need something. And we can't let covetousness drive us away from the Lord. It says in Psalm 37, verse 25, I have been young and am now old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And this is, a, uh, this is so true. I mean, I can say the first part, I have been young. I can't say the second part, I am now old. But I know some of you here can say that. And I know talking with others and just seeing others, this is such a true saying. Those that serve the Lord, those that are saved, they're provided for. It might not seem like they have all the greatest things, but they are not forsaken and they're not begging for bread. If you went out to the streets and talked to the homeless people, I bet you 99% of the time, They've probably never even heard the gospel, or if they've had, they've rejected it. And they're not living for the Lord at all. But if you talk with people that are living for the Lord, they might have just lost their job. They might have had such horrible things happen to them, but they're still being provided for in a miraculous way. And it's so true that the Lord provides, and we just need to stay rejoicing and stay content in the Lord. And it'll give us an opportunity to give. And then the second step that I see from Philippians 4 that, that helps us to giving and leads us to giving is it's the ability of giving. And we, you can look in verse 13. We all know it. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And here in this verse, we all know it, but we don't really practice it. If we did, everyone here would be living a completely different life. We would be living such a victorious Christian life, knowing that whatever it is God wants us to do, we could do it. If we lived like that, our lives would be changed. Our Christian lives would be changed. Our giving would be different. Our, 
our workplace, uh, how we worked would be different. Every aspect of our lives would be different if we lived a life through Christ. And if you turn in your Bibles, it's just, just a page or two over in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. And sometimes God gives us things so that he can do things through us. And Christ works through us to give us the ability to give. And in verse 13 of chapter 2, it says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And here we can see that, you know what, sometimes God gives us things to do his will. Sometimes he'll give us an extra raise at our work or a bonus or something to help out at the church. Maybe he'll give us a day off to help out at the church or, or to to talk with somebody about the Lord, or he'll give us whatever it may be. Sometimes he does that and blesses us so we can be a blessing to someone else. And God has a will, but many times he works through us to do his will. It might not seem like we're any significance in God's great realm of things, but God works through us. And he blesses us for a reason. And the reason why he blesses us is to bless others, is to work through us to reach others for him. And that's why he blesses us. And he gives us the ability to give through his son, through him saving us, through him blessing us and using us. And he also gives us the ability of giving so that we can help others. And we all know another verse, Galatians 6.2, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And we know that we're to help others. And God has put us in this place to help others. To help one another. Because, because we all go through problems. We all go through trials in our lives. We all go through times of need. And God puts us in this place for a reason. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And if you turn in your Bibles with me to there. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And it here... Solomon shows us a a great principle of helping one another. And it can really be used in a great way because here at this place, we're a body of believers. And as a body, we're to help one another. And we're to really to to be a blessing to one another. And sometimes we don't always want to be, but we need to be anyway because the Lord's commanded us to. And here in this passage, it shows us how we can, how this, this truth is really real in all of our lives. And it starts in verse 9 of Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat, but how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, Two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And we can see here, the Lord blesses and gives us the ability to give so that we can help others. And back in the text, it talks about how Paul was afflicted and how he had a need. He had needs and necessities. And when I think of affliction, I don't know why, but I always think of one person in particular and he's sitting in here tonight, and I know many of you know him, and I know he probably knows who it is. But I don't know why. I always think of Jeff when I think of affliction. It's, I just, that, I don't know why. I mean, he's, I mean, 
when I hear him sing, it's, it afflicts me when I hear him sing, but I don't know what it is. And, I mean, just seeing the poor guy, I mean, he's, I just, and he's a Raiders fan to boot, which just doesn't help us out at all. And, I mean, I think of him, and poor, he's, he's a Duke fan, and they lost, and I just feel so bad for, I feel so bad for him. I just think of affliction when I think of Jeff. I don't know why. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Jeff. He's an awesome guy, but. But, I, but honestly and seriously, there are many that are afflicted here in this place. And uh, we can think of so many things that we can help each other out with, not just financially, but with our time, with our energy, with, with our comfort. Because people go through things. I mean, I think of afflicted with sickness, with injuries, uh, with lost jobs, with deaths. And I can think of just about all those things right here in this place right now that have taken place. There are those that are sick. There are those that are injured, that have experienced death or lost jobs. And we need to comfort the afflicted. We need to help. We need to give our time and energy to those that are afflicted. Giving is not always just financial. Giving is giving of ourselves to others to help one another in times of need. And we need to be willing to give that extra, that extra little bit that that somebody might need just to make it. Somebody might need it just to have that little extra joy to, to, to make it through the day. And we need to be willing to give of our time and energy to help the afflicted and also to help with needs. Um, I mean, we can give financially to help needs in the church or to give to missionaries or to uh, personal members who have needs or whatever it might be. We can give to needs as well because... Because we all have needs. <laughs> and God has put us in this place to provide for our needs. And we need to be willing to give to one another because, you know what, we might have a need sometime. And do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And as you're willing to give and express your love to Christ by helping others, then the Lord will bless you in the same way. And that's the last point, And probably the best part of the sermon, the part that we all love. And that last step is the provision for giving. It's what do we get out of it. And, I mean, many times we might think, well, you know what, I want to give because I want to give, and I'm not looking for anything. And sometimes that's true. But always deep down inside, we always have that little thing, well, I wonder what I'm going to get out of it. I wonder, what am I going to get? And, you know what, the Lord knows that. And he's like, okay, I'll give you some stuff for, for giving. I'll, I'll bless you for giving. And, it, and God is such an awesome God that he not only will give to our need, but he'll give above and beyond that. And uh, if you turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, and this is a really, a really awesome verse and a really awesome chapter, really, of, of what the Lord has done for us and how that he works and gives us victory in our lives. And in Romans chapter 8, and it'll just be two verses, and it's probably not the verses you're thinking of, but in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 31, and if you just, we all know the verses before it, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. And we can see in these verses how 
that all things work together for good, how we're secure in the Lord, how we have a home in heaven because the Lord has done such an awesome work in our lives. But then we get to verse 31 and 32. And keeping that in mind, what we just read, it says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? In verse 32, it says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And we can see the Lord has done so much for us that all things will work together. We have a home in heaven. Who can be against us if the Lord's for us? And then it says, and what needs would we have? Because God can freely give us all things. He gave his most precious gift. He gave his son to die on the cross for us. How could he not give us something that we need? How could he not provide for our needs? I mean, the Lord owns it all anyway. How could he not just give us a little here and there when we need it, when we ask him for it? And this verse is so true that he gave his only son for us. And how could he not give us something? If he could give us eternal life, how could he not just provide for a meal for a day or provide for our bills or do whatever? How could he not do that if he could and did purchase our lives on the cross. It just, it blew Paul's mind away to think that people could think that God could not provide for them when he provided the ultimate sacrifice of his son on the cross. And we can see that we have provision. And there's two kinds of provision that, uh, that are in the Bible for us if we give. And the first is spiritual fruit. And in uh, John 15, if you turn your Bibles there with me, John 15, it talks about Jesus being the vine and, and we being the, the branches. And it talks about spiritual fruit in this passage and how that as we give, and also back in the text, how that as we give, Paul desired that we have fruit remain to our account for giving to him so he could do the work of the Lord uh, where we could not. And it's starting in verse 1 of John 15. It says, I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. But without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit so shall ye be my disciples. And here the Lord talks about bearing fruit. And one of the ways we can bear fruit is by giving to others to do the work of the Lord. I mean, you could think of missionaries around the world that this church has supported. You could think of people that this church has supported that have gone wherever it may be, even here in this place, that they've done things that we couldn't do, that they've seen the Lord work in their lives and work through them in a way that we couldn't do because the Lord has called us to something else. 
And we could see that and see how the Lord has worked through them. And as we gave to them, the Lord brought fruit in their lives, but is also on our account. And not only are they seeing fruit in their lives, but we're seeing fruit in our lives because we've availed ourselves to give. The Lord will provide spiritual fruit in our lives through others, through missionaries, through uh, whatever we support and give to, as the Lord blesses that, he puts fruit on our account. And as we get to heaven, I know we'll all be shocked at just what the Lord has done and how that there's so many people's lives changed and so many things done. I mean, you could even see in the, the presentation, um, the, the missionary report, that, that the Lord has done so much, that he's doing so much there in Kenya and around the world that, that we, we can't even really see that the Lord's done so much, and all we have to do is just simply give and simply be willing to give. And also the Lord, he provides and brings spiritual sacrifice, uh, spiritual fruit through sacrifice. And giving is a sacrifice, and we all know that. And as we give, it's a spiritual sacrifice that we're presenting to the Lord for what he's done for us. It's a free will offering that we're giving to him just thanking him for all he's done for us. And, uh, and you can think of the widow and the two mites and that story, how she gave all she had to the work of the Lord. And there were others that gave huge sums of money, but it really wasn't anything compared to what she gave. She gave it all. And that's what we need to do is be willing to give it all to see the Lord work. Because it's not equal, it's, it's not an amount that matters to the Lord, but it's the sacrifice that we've made that really matters to the Lord. And many times we get caught up in the amount that we give or, or, or whatever it may be, but the, what really matters is the sacrifice and what the Lord wants us to give. It could be $5, but if that's what God wants you to give and that's a real sacrifice, the Lord will bless that much more than if we gave Fifty dollars when the Lord wanted us to give us wanted us to give a hundred, and the real key is just giving what the Lord puts on your heart, and not giving what what you think you should give, or not giving just what you think you are able to give, but giving what the Lord wants you to give. And also, the Lord will provide divine riches. It says in Ephesians chapter three, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. And God will provide for us above and beyond whatever we could think, whatever we could expect. He provides in ways we could never really see. And that's how it's really blessed to give because you receive in such, a, such an awesome way sometimes. And I know we could all think of times when, when you had a blessing in your life that was just so awesome that you just weren't expecting it, that that the Lord just provided for you in, in the exact right time, exactly how you needed it. And you could probably trace it back to when you gave to the Lord. You could think, well, you know what? I did give to the Lord back then, and I know I really needed the money, and then, and then now I really needed the money really bad, and the Lord provided in just an awesome way. And it's so true. It, it happens all the time. To those that just are willing to give to the Lord, he provides for us above and beyond what we could ask or think. I mean, I, I think of a story that, uh, of this, uh, this farm boy who was trying to explain giving. And 
as he's trying to explain, he's like, yeah, well, I guess the best way I can explain it is, is if when I'm shoveling out, out in the field and I'm moving this dirt, and, uh, and as I'm shoveling and moving it, and God's over there, he's shoveling dirt into my pile so I can move it. But every time I'm shoveling, the pile keeps getting bigger, but we're working at the same speed. I keep shoveling, 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 but my pile keeps getting bigger, and I don't know how it's happening. I keep shoveling it out, and it's the same thing as I shovel out my offerings, as I shovel out my money, and I shovel out my time and my energy to the Lord and for the Lord's work. My pile keeps getting bigger somehow. He said the reason why is because God's shovel is a whole lot bigger than my shovel. And it's so true. The Lord can provide so much more than, than we can provide for ourselves. And we might think, I'm giving all I can give. But then God gives us just that little extra. And as we give that, he gives us a little extra more. And he just keeps providing for us and giving us more and more than we could imagine as we just simply stay willing to do what God wants us to do and give as he wants us to give. And really the conclusion of this whole sermon is, and the key to giving and receiving, and the reason for it is for God's glory. And we can see in the last verse of the text how it says, for God's glory forever and ever, amen. And that's what it's for. The reason why we give, the reason why we we do all of this is to bring glory to God. Because as we give, and as those things, as we give those things, it brings glory to God. As those things, as things are done with the money that we give, with the time, the energy we give, God is glorified. And as we praise the Lord for providing for us, God is glorified. And it's all centered around bringing glory to God. Because he's so worthy of it for doing so much for us. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in verse 31, it says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. And all that we do is to bring glory to God. And as we find opportunities to give, and find the ability to give, and find provision in giving, that all brings glory to God, and it brings blessing in our life. And it really makes the saying true, and the verse true, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this message, Lord. We thank you for this truth, Lord. And I know your word is so rich of tr- and full of truth, Lord. And I just pray that uh, we would all have learned something from your word today. I just pray, Lord, that, um, that you would just help us to apply this truth to our lives, Lord, to, to know that as we give, that you'll bless and provide in ways that we could never really imagine, Lord, in ways that we could never really see. Because you're just such an awesome God to us, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to just see the truth that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And Lord, I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.